0: And now, making his way to the microphone from Rochester, New York, weighing in at none of your fucking business, he is the conqueror of consequences, the excellence of eating, the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be, at pizza, the people's creed, Vinnie
1: Paulino! Please...
2: Welcome to Vinny Likes Wrestling. This is the show where I tell you the top three things I liked in the world of wrestling this week. Let's get it started with an honorable mention. Last week, AEW Dynamite returned to their adopted hometown of Chicago for what was a pretty memorable edition of the show. I'd love to give my third spot this week to my boy, the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, for kicking out Cole Cabana of the Dark Order's tooth clean out of his mouth. Right in the middle of Colt's hometown in Chicago. Now, this was a great match. Uh, Daniel Brian Danielson submitted Cole in the Label Lock, but apparently, when he was doing the Yes Kicks, a a bicuspid. Flew out of Colt Cabana's mouth Into the middle of the ring After submitting Colt in the LaBelle lock Brian picks the tooth up from the middle of the ring Holds it up to the camera And I don't care, work or shoot I liked this I think this was great touch on this match uh, It's basically Setting up the feud between Brian Danielson and the newly crowned heavyweight champion Hangman Adam Page Which I've got all the time in the world for More of that The third spot actually goes to cody rhodes now cody is an interesting guy for those of you don't follow professional wrestling allow me to fill you in on why what i'm about to discuss with you is so puzzling okay here's the backstory as quick as i could give it to you cody rhodes is the son of the legendary professional wrestler the american dream dusty rhodes now cody signed with wwe and to be honest with you they did not treat him the way a lineage kind of a kid should be treated well actually they did they treated him exactly like his brother they stuck him in shitty makeup and gave him a dumb gimmick where he had to dance around and look like an asshole so as soon as he was able to get out of WWE he did he traveled to other feds in America as well as uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling and during this time he was working with Ring of Honor he was a heel he was teaming up with the Young Bucks and the Bullet Club he was a bad guy he turned into a face pretty fucking quick because he was integral in the creation of AEW. It's a crazy story, folks. AEW All Elite Wrestling. The wheels started on this thing back in May of 2017 when Dave Meltzer from Pro Wrestling Insider responded to a fan who asked if Ring of Honor could sell out 10,000 seats. A guy tweeted Meltzer and says, "Hey, can somebody do it?" and Meltzer responded by saying, "Not anytime soon." Well, our boy Cody Rhodes took that shit as a challenge. And he decided to accept it. He texted Dave Meltzer back and he said, I'll take that bet, Dave. I already gave them their biggest buy rate. Put the bucks and I on the card and three months to promo it. Ladies and gentlemen, he sold out 10,000 seats in Chicago at the Sears Center. He did it by combining the forces of a lot of different federations, Ring of Honor, New Japan Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, all places that he had been after he left WWE. So what he basically did was he got all of these rebel armies together to fucking take a run on the Death Star. Now, everybody looked at this as 10,000 seats in Chicago as somebody throwing a fucking rock at the castle wall. That one rock turned into a, a couple catapults because AEW was born off of that supercard. The whole reason this thing started was on a Twitter bet. Cody Rhodes broke WWE's monopoly on wrestling in America and you'd think the guy would be appreciated by the fans who fucking love it it's been a long time since 2017 (laughs) when he tweeted that in the meantime he's been the host of The Big Show on TBS with Rosario Dawson and Snoop Dogg he wrestled a completely incoherent and ridiculous match against shaquille o'neal and he also tag teamed with snoop Dogg once he has an annoying wife named brandy and they did a reality show together and i'm going to tell you something i'm the guy who made creeps and roses this reality show roads to the top is unwatchable even by shitty reality show standards it is not good that's the background on who cody is and where cody is now he is the american nightmare his father was the american dream he's got this name the american nightmare even though he's a like a face they bill him as like he's the hulk hogan of this this thing not that he beats everybody because he does lose a lot he doesn't mind losing but his character doesn't change he's always like gonna take the high road and it's not fun or interesting okay Since this summer, he's been feuding with Malachi Black, formerly Alistair Black of WWE, who is a legit badass, a scary character, fun shit. Since this feud started, the fans have been booing Cody when he comes out. And this guy is used to the face treatment. And I think it's starting to kind of get to him a little bit. Now, the thing that I loved this week... Was the main event of AEW Dynamite? It was an eight-man tag match between Cody Rhodes and the Death Triangle, which is a uh, pack, and the Lucha Brothers, ray Phoenix and Penta Zero M, whatever the fuck he's calling himself because of trademarks. They're fighting Malachi Black, Andrade El and my dude's FTR. Now in every match, Cody wrestles. He wears like a weight belt to the ring. And he gets on the side of the ring and he will take it off like he's gonna whip somebody, but he doesn't do it because he's a dork. And he throws it into the crowd, and some fan gets to take home Cody's fucking weight belt. Lottie fucking da. Well, this week it went a little bit different. Here's what happened. Now, what you see no, you can't really see this right now, but Cody's in the middle of the ring, he's got the belt. And he just threw it right to the fans. Now, Cody's in the ring, and the belt was just thrown back into the ring, and the Chicago fans are going fucking apeshit. And Cody looks pissed. Holy shit. That, to me, is the apex of this booing. I cannot wait to see where this goes, because at some point everybody's thinking Cody's got to turn heel. I think this guy just, like, holds up his chin. And he's like, I'm a face. No matter what, I'm going to be a face. It's just ridiculous. He's a better heel. Just fucking switch already. But, man, Chicago fans are brutal. They threw his belt back at him. What makes me think he was truly frustrated was the motherfucker does the spot again later in the match. He puts the belt that was thrown in the ring back on. And later in the match, he takes it and he throws it to a completely different side of the ring, not to where those ingrateful assholes who threw it back at him were, but to some other fans who might not embarrass him quite as much. There's a bunch of savages in that town. Let's just say this. The fans throwing the belt back. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Now, ladies and gentlemen, coming in number two this week. I have all the time in the world for this the feud is just starting to build between the newly returned legend the straight edge savior mr cm punk and my personal favorite thing about wrestling right now maxwell jacob friedman mjf now the straight edge superstar cm punk has been out of wrestling for the last seven years. He made a couple shitty movies, wrote some comic books, and he tried to fight in the UFC. He has one victory in UFC, but that was because after the guy beat the shit out of him, he tested positive for something, so it was a disqualification. Sorry, Phil. Now, that being said, MJF was a massive CM Punk fan growing up. And you can probably tell a lot of this when you listen to an MJF promo. This kid is fantastic on the mic. And boy, is he a cunt. He is not nice to anyone, and it is fantastic. But CM Punk is also fantastic on the mic. And now, this opportunity to have this old school versus new school feud, both of them are lights out dynamite in the ring. They're both amazing wrestlers. But they take the feuds to a whole new level and i gotta tell you tony khan was not happy let's just talk about how this started last week on dynamite mjf was running his mouth and cm punk walked out to the ring mjf looked a little surprised and starstruck and did a gentlemanly thing by extending his hand to cm punk and said hello i'm maxwell CM Punk did not take his hand. He turned around and walked away. Enraging MJF because he's an ego guy, and it just really kind of made him look silly. So CM Punk was going to wrestle QT Marshall, and MJF comes out before the match starts. Just says, you don't like being interrupted, do you? Well, I don't like it either, and starts shit-talking. CM Punk's been out of the business for the last seven years, and MJF so eloquently put it the other night. He said this...
0: Dreams could i have possibly imagined a straight-edge man could look so much like a meth
2: addict he's not wrong punk does look a little bit like a skinny meth addict okay he comes out swinging like that but cm punk he's been around for a while he's been around for a while and he is not afraid to talk shit back mjf had a feud with jericho chris jericho could not hang on the mic with fucking mjf But CM Punk certainly can, ladies and gentlemen And uh, he points out that he is MJF's elder But I was selling out
1: Madison Square Garden When you were marking out for Rosie O'Donnell And the last time on this show You did a song and dance You made the New York Times Wow Wow You want to sing me a song right now,
2: Maxwell? Oh, my God. So for those of you who don't know, when MJF was five years old, he was on the Rosie O'Donnell show, and he sang You Are My Sunshine like a little nerd. And it's one of the funniest fucking things on the internet. If you could find it, go watch it. She'll laugh your ass off. MJF doesn't like that being brought up. It was pretty good. This is where things start to get a little interesting because now they're just trading jabs, you know, the typical stuff. But these two guys decided to start bringing up the other company. And uh, CM Punk did it first. He thinks he's somebody.
1: He thinks what he does is revolutionary to the wrestling business when in reality, he's just a less famous Miz.
2: (laughs) Oh, the fans loved it. Say that MJF is a less famous Miz is quite the dick kick to MJF and by the way MJF is 10,000 times better than The Miz no argument here but the WWE references and shit talk still continue to keep coming through this when MJF gives CM Punk a new nickname
0: it's you bud you know what ladies and gentlemen something just hit me this is no longer CM Punk this is PG Punk
2: yep wwe changed their rating to pg and cm punk was not very happy about it when they did it it's basically created the shit show that you see now on mondays and fridays on fox part of the reason why cm punk did not want to go back to wrestling was this whole pg thing and mjf makes a point because since cm punk has returned all he's been is this super face kissing ass mjf would continue to go on and also bring up wwe again I wonder who he's shit-talking now. whole career, you've
0: been nothing more than second best. Whether it was the you-can't-see-me man Ooh. or the king of kings.
2: He just said,
0: You were never quite up to snuff, were you?
2: You were not at the same level as John Cena or Triple H. I cannot think of two people in the world CM Punk hates more than, than John Cena or Triple H. That was pretty great. CM Punk doesn't stop, doesn't stop there. And he says, dude, you call yourself one of the four pillars of AEW, but
1: you're too busy talking
2: about how you're the most powerful of the four
1: pillars. You don't even realize you've been replaced by Britt Baker.
2: <laughs> Ooh. Another nut kick The women's champion is more over than you Max Pretty funny Well, I'll tell you what The WWE references do not stop there Because MJF shoots right fucking back
0: What happened to the guy I grew up on, man? What happened to the renegade, the ass kicker The outsider Because you might as well be coming out here Preaching hustle,
2: loyalty And respect And that CM Punk's home crowd Just going, damn he just said, you sold out like John Cena. Holy fuck. CM Punk, ladies and gentlemen, is one of the best on the mic of all time. I mean, this was his response.
1: The only way you're going to be number one is if we all wait around long enough for Tony to have a daughter that you marry.
2: <laughs> oh, shit. So now I'm all in on this. I absolutely love everything that's going on in this feud what i like the most is how cm punk was finally able to get into MJF's head the way no one has been able to do this entire time this company's been on the air here's what mjf appears to be butthurt about and listen and we're going to talk about how cm punk uses the psychology of this character perfectly
0: you know you would do all your quaint little interviews and they would ask you Who are some opponents you would like to go up against, and you would name every single wrestler underneath the sun, except for moi? (laughs) Now you can pretend it's because you weren't interested, but in reality,
1: it's because you didn't want none.
2: Interesting theory. Interesting theory. CM Punk shoots right back.
1: I never mentioned you in interviews because I never had to. I looked at AEW and I said, "Wow, that's the place I want to be. That's the place I want to test myself." And I went for the heart and soul of AEW, Darby Allen, and boy, oh. that just chews you up, doesn't it?
2: The reason why this hurts is because Darby Allen—he's around the same age. As MJF and he is a super face they have him walk into the ring with sting for some fucking reason because they both paint their faces and he's over MJF just beat Darby Allen at the last pay-per-view at full gear uh, a few weeks ago and he cheated which is what MJF does CM Punk decides to add this to the end of it because CM Punk did beat Darby Farad Square in a made-up wrestling match
1: and I beat Darby Allen and i didn't need a ring to
2: do it the ring he's referring to is the dynamite diamond ring that mjf sneaks onto his finger to punch people in the face with uh it looks like it hurts that was my second favorite thing this week shit talk burying wwe the quickest way to bury someone is to compare them to somebody from wwe apparently oh man i love wrestling again so My number one favorite thing this week, ladies and gentlemen, is Ric Flair's new podcast. This thing is going to be a must-listen for me every week. Every week so far, he said something completely stupid. He was tweeting at CM Punk, call me bro, I got a great idea. And all he's doing is looking for money. Ric Flair is out there. He's now unemployed. He doesn't work for WWE anymore. He's doing conventions again. And he asked for a shit ton of money. I happen to know this from personal experience because I contacted his people before COVID to try to book Ric Flair for an event at Comedy at the Carlson in Rochester, New York. And I was quoted his asking price to show up was $20,000 per hour. You heard me right. Per hour. And I want you to keep that in mind when I play for you what I play for you. He is doing everything he can to try to convince everyone, in spite of almost being on death's fucking doorstep, that he can wrestle another fucking match. He's 72 years old, folks. He almost died two years ago. He, I guess he still goes to the gym. I saw the man in person a few weeks ago. He looks great. Holy shit. Listen to this on his new podcast.
1: It's funny you brought that up because... <laughs> There's a promoter in Israel (laughs) that wants me to wrestle your buddy, Sammy.
2: um...
0: What, Sammy Guevara?
1: Yeah, in Israel. (laughs) I
0: said that.
2: What do you think Rick said? Nah, I'm 72 years old. I don't need another match. I could just sit at home. I could watch my wonderful daughter, Charlotte, kick ass and take names on that awful, awful show on Fridays or Mondays. It doesn't matter. They're both not good. I could do that. Now, here's what Rick had to say.
1: hundred thousand dollars in two first class tickets. I'm there. <laughs> Jesus wow. Christ.
2: He means 50% it.
1: 50% down. <laughs> 50% after I beat Sam. <laughs>
2: Sammy Guevara is like 23 years old. and He's the TNT champion for AEW. Rick does have some sound logic as to why he would wrestle Sammy. And, uh, I can't really argue with it.
1: Well, Sammy's I, no, I, I, so I, good, I could probably get through with him. I'll have to figure out what to wear, but <laughs> you
0: know what? If you're going to have one more match, he might be the kid to
1: have it with. Yeah, why uh, not? He's great.
2: The kid is so good; he could carry me for 15, 20 minutes. I just got to figure out what to show up and wear. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, Ric Flair. I'm telling you, mark my words, before the 50th episode of this show, he is going to be wrestling somebody somewhere. He's going to do it because he's insane. Those are the things I like this week in wrestling. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you want to ask a question or you want to comment, I'd appreciate it. You can hit me up on Twitter, at Vinnie Paulino. Would you like to ask a question right at this particular time? At Vinnie Paulino on Twitter. And ladies and gentlemen, that's all I got to say. Listen to the creep off on Mondays. And uh, thanks to the Cardiff Electric Podcast for hosting this show. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, you will always be my sunshine. You want to
1: sing me a song right now, Maxwell? Take it away, Max. You are my sunshine. My-